Alex, this must be a very special occasion for you to come to your adopted country here in Kazakhstan and, and play the biggest tournament the country's probably ever seen. Well, yeah, definitely. Every time being here, it's, uh, it's a lot of adventure. Great city. It's, the city has been my second home for, for a bit of a time already, for like seven years. And uh, being part of ATP 500 event for the very first time, hopefully not the last one. And this is very special for me, you know, seeing all these kids and seeing my pictures all over the town and, you know, spending so much time. I'm never like, there's only two, three countries in the world, it's Kazakhstan, France and Italy, where I spend so much time in uh, doing autographs, but Kazakhstan's beat France and Italy by far. I was spending, I don't know, three hours a day on signing things on the street and in this tennis club. And, and I really, I really enjoyed that because there's the young kids that's going to come up and play Davis Cup and Fed Cup and everything. So I'm really glad that I have a certain impact on the tennis in the country and I'm really proud of representing the country in a way. Do you enjoy doing it? Do you enjoy doing spending time with kids? And, and obviously, obviously, that's part, of, that's part of our job. You have to admit that and especially here when uh, in the country I represent, in my country, then I, when I see a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of parents, you know, looking at my practice, the kids where I was practicing yesterday was so late, I, I finished, I ended up like nine o'clock and there were like 15 kids waiting, you know, past their bedtime, you know, begging for autograph, you know, it's, uh, you know, I have, of course I like, don't get me wrong, I like French people and Italian people, you know, they're great, my fans and I love them, but here, you know, it's different, you know, that's country that I came in that, you know, get me everything and I have to give it back, you know, so I'm really happy to share it, to share my time, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it well until the end of the tournament. And every time I'm coming here, I'm always happy to enjoy some time with the kids, with their parents, with everything. So, you know, giving a little back, the least I can do. Since you came here and you switched from Russia to playing for Kazakhstan, what, have, what has the Kazakh Tennis Federation done to, you know, for you to become the player you are today? Well, they have they have a structure. The most important thing in uh, in every good country that in every good federation, you know, a tennis federation, it has a structure. Everyone, like French Federation, USTA, everybody has a great structure, and so does Kazakhstan. They 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 are you know step up, and we have a great team. We we record a good people. You know, we have a lot of different different minds coming in from all over the world, and you know. Definitely this helps and obviously the financial support that they provided at the first place when I was when I needed it the most and it Definitely, I mean, that's just they did everything. Let's put it this way. They did everything and do it and they're doing it to everybody It's not like only they do it for Bublik or Rubakina, you know, to the guys who you know the best at the moment But they also doing to you know, I have a driver here who drives me around my good friend and his son is 11 years old And he got full support I asked him, like, you know, how can you manage, you know, your son traveling, Montenegro, Greece, everywhere, you know, he's 11 years old, it's expensive, you know, he has four kids. He's like, no, but the Federation is covering everything, and he's not even top five. So that's how the structure is here. So they help everybody who, who can play tennis, you know, who can play a good, good level of tennis. There's certain, of course, there's certain, you know, limit of how many players they can help in each, uh, you know, age group, but definitely it's a lot of people, so because he's not top five, he's maybe top ten, but he's getting full support. Like he goes to Greece, he goes to Montenegro, he has a coach, he has everything. He's 11 years old. I had, I had the racket and a father when I was 11 years old and the three tennis balls probably. So that's what I had. And so they have this structure, you see the facilities and that's one of three in Astana. We have a great facility at the other side of the city where Rafa came to open it. They have like 15 courts, like crazy, crazy good. So yeah, that's, they have everything. They have a structure. The most important thing, they have a structure. Mm -hmm. 
And the success obviously helps of, of their idols. Yourself, you won your first ATP title this year. Um, Rybakina, you mentioned the Wimbledon champion. Can you see Kazakhstan develop into a big tennis nation in the future? Well, we'll see. It's tough to say, but yeah, definitely we have steps. I mean, we've been to quarterfinals of Davis Cup last year. I mean, with with such a you know country that stepped in maybe what 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I, can, I think it's anniversary 20 years this year of a federation, so it's only been 20 years, you know. So, I think we have a definitely big chance to be a very successful team, uh, women's and men's, in the future, and definitely a big contenders for. You know, singles achievements or doubles achievements, you know, like uh, individual sports and maybe a team as well. Team is a bit tougher because you need to have a strong three, four players, which is probably tough at the moment. But, you know, we developing the system. We have uh, new juniors coming up. I mean, I'm here, you know, I'm looking at the juniors, you know, trying to help. And we see maybe, yes, I do. I do believe we can. So you've played a few Davis Cups for Kazakhstan. Um, obviously, you switched from Russia to Kazakhstan. That, that feeling, that national pride that a lot of players say they feel, is, is that the same for you now with your adopted country or is, or is that never going to be the same? Of course it is. It's not, it's not the same. I never felt uh, proud to represent you know, the country that never supports me because I never had any support. I had, I had a few. I had a few, of course, supports, little there, you know, little camping, but nothing as what, what, what we need, you know, like what the players need, as I mentioned about this 11-year-old kid, you know. And uh, so for me, the very first experience being on a, you know, being in a team, it was in Kazakhstan. So for me, I was 18 years old and I've never played Davis Cup ties for Russia. I've never played anything. I think I played maybe tennis Europe once or something, you know, in team. But for me, I experienced everything with Kazakhstan. So I definitely love and, and I feel proud when I hear the anthem and everything. And I do enjoy, you know, the feeling and I do, I do have pride because this is certain way I can say it's my people in a way because they've been there for seven years when I was uh, 300, 400 in the world till I'm 30 in the world and everything so they've been always there so for me it's the first time feeling you know so first time I heard the national anthem of the country was in Davis Cup so I never I never heard it before you know being on tennis court you know getting ready getting pumped for a match and you know 4,000 fans or 5,000 fans you know cheering your name it's definitely it's definitely an experience and I love it and yes, I do feel proud, honestly, I do feel proud uh, representing it, as you can see how I play for Davis Cup. And hopefully play this week as well. Um, I of was course, gonna, you will see. I was going to ask you, yeah, is, is that because we have some of the biggest players in the world here, right? Six out of the top ten are here, but there's also a lot of spotlight on you. Um, which is probably unusual when you play with all these, yeah, all definitely. these names. It, do you like that? Do you enjoy that? Well, you kind of get used to it. You know, I do have a lot of attention in other tournaments as well, but here it's special. As I mentioned, the first question, it's, it's very special because it's, it's the people I want to influence the most. It's the kids I want to influence the most. It's the kids I want, I want them to be successful, you know, because this is, this is the future of the country I represent. It's the future, future of our country. So this is very important for me. So, yeah, of mm -hmm. course. To win that title earlier in the year in Montpellier, um, how much of a milestone was that in your career? Well, definitely a milestone, of course. You just you put the trophy and then you forget about it, honestly. You know, you, you, you feel like, okay, well, I'm going to win my first ITF or Challenger. Or ATP, and then you got it, and then all of a sudden you have seven finals on top of it as well, and then you'd be like, okay, wow, what if I win seven titles? Well, nothing would change probably for me. 
So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I think in the, in the moment it was very nice. You know, I enjoyed it. I finally got it. And uh, but after that, I had three three more finals already, and yeah, I lost it. And it's I mean, it's fine. You know, if I win one of those that I lost this year, and I mean, I think nothing would change already. I mean, maybe when I'm gonna if I'm gonna win the Masters one day or you know a 500, it's gonna be a different feeling. But for now, I mean, I don't I don't even remember that. If you could change or add one rule to tennis, what would it be? I would let people interact with the crowd more, you know, to talk to the crowd, to get the crowd moving a little bit, to be free to talk. Because it's the, it's very tough to talk to in the, in the tennis match. We always get this uh, weird looks from the umpire and stuff like this, you know, the guy who is just there, you know. Give more freedom of speech, you know, just let us talk. Just let us talk. Just let us uh, express the express the emotions. No, I'm not saying you should, you know, break the rackets of uh, of some of someone else's head. But you know, just let us talk. You know, because they invented coaching, and then that guy was told in that, so you cannot get coached in this way. You should get coached in that way. I mean, is that coaching or is the rule that you want to invent and you say you should be coached this way? What if you want to get coached the other way? Yeah. Yeah, because you can't talk to the coach. Coach can talk to you. Can't talk to the coach. So I cannot say to the coach that, oh, I don't feel my backhand. It's coaching. It's a violation. Yeah. But you, you mean you actually talk to random people in the crowd? Yes, I do. What, they talk to me, I talk to them. What would you ask them? No, I didn't ask anything. Just make, like, make them, make us, you know, being able to tell them something, you know, shut up or something, you know, find <laughs> us for it. Or say something nice to them, you know, because, so for the, for the, from the person in the crowd in Mets, it was fine to scream to me, respect the game. But it was not fine for me to answer, respect the players. Don't talk to me. It was not fine because my umpire was looking at me like, why you talk to him? So it's fine for him, but it's not fine for me. But who is the main guys there? Us or they? Yeah. So it's us. It's not the umpire, it's not the ball kids, it's not the crowd, it's us. So this kind of thing, I think that would be enough if we could at least speak without a weird look from a supervisor or from the umpire.